You're listening to the Above Target Sales Podcast, delivering insights into the sales process hosted by Stephen Croft. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Above Target Sales Podcast. My name is Stephen Croft and I'm your host. I'm a sales professional with over 10 years experience working in sales. My guest today is from New York City. Her name is Megan Mishak and she is a sales strategist and trainer for B2B sales teams. She helps salespeople shorten the path to the President's Club. Recently, she took the leap into her dream job as a sales training consultant. We connected on LinkedIn not long ago, and I'm really glad she's joined me as a guest on the show today. Megan Mishak, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's really good to get connected with you. I'm glad you're here. Um, we've talked off air a little bit about some of the topics you can bring to the show, and I'm pretty excited about it. And um, I was just wondering, what have you got for me today? Yeah, so I was thinking we could talk about um, a topic that's been very top of mind for a lot of um, sales leaders I've talked to during, especially coming out of the pandemic in 2020, which is how do I get more value out of every opportunity, right? It's I'm having a lot of conversations, but there's just so much more pressure. And especially with not with other companies freezing budgets or things like that, there's more pressure on every single conversation we have. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Perfect. So, um, no, I, I think it's been interesting for a lot of leaders during COVID because previously there was just such a, a hustle culture. Like we could always do more. We could add more opportunities. We could have more conversations, but with COVID, a lot of things changed and we realized that was working previously wasn't necessarily working anymore. And did you see a lot of that? Did you have any sales leaders that were talking about those things? Yeah, it's it's top of mind with every conversation you have these days and you have to take it into account when, um, I guess, setting targets or um, deciding what you're going to do when you when you plan your outreach. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's a big thing at the moment. Yeah. yeah, and I think a lot of times it's also hard to assess what the root cause is. Um, you know, you know you're not closing as many deals as you could be, but there's always there's always that that struggle to understand what the root cause is in terms of is it um, that our price is too high or is it that our pitch isn't right? And I think one thing that's interesting is when we actually get to um, the conversion rates by the sales stage. One thing that always is an eye opener for me is just how much discovery is is important to the sales process. It's really the foundation. It's not, it's not the sexiest thing in sales. A lot of teams, we don't do as much discovery training as we could be doing. But for me, it really is where sales starts. And so even knowing where the challenges are in your sales process, it's like step one is to know what the actual problem is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so... I think for me, um, what I focus on with a lot of teams is discovery first, because you know, we can we can generate a lot more opportunities. But once you have opportunities, it's making sure that you're actually uncovering enough value in the beginning. Because yeah. my favorite way to start discovery training is not just going into what discovery is, like everyone knows what discovery is, but it's actually going into the challenges that people see. And it's even later stage challenges that people don't associate with discovery, but are usually linked. So um, I say, hey, like who, who in sales has ever just had meetings where people just ghost you? 
they go dark or they're or the dreaded hey just send me some information we'll let you know if we're interested um we got to run this by a few people oh my god i've heard that a million times yeah right or mm -hmm. even mm -hmm. better i actually had a conversation with someone um where they told me we had an opportunity with them last year and they said that they their process was that they had to capture information and then like submit it into this folder where it would be reviewed and then they would actually come back to us i was like you know that you just got bl blown off right <laughs> and he had no idea he like literally thought that this was a valid thing and i'm like how do you not see that this is completely blowing you off so i think it's interesting because a lot of people they're like yep i've been there i've been there and um but you know when some of the things that people don't associate with with discovery and with value are things like who has ever had to discount a deal and i'm not talking healthy negotiation like you know going in higher than what you want and understanding your levers but those situations where you know that you they don't see the value and you know that you have to discount and I mean, we've all been there, right? Where we're like, is this even worth it at this point? Yeah, um, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, or a lot of people have struggles around where you're working with a champion and they see the value, but when it gets to that that broader um, buying committee or even just additional stakeholders, especially those those the people that come in late stage, usually those technical buyers or those security teams that come in and just like derail but yeah, yeah oh we've all God. had that yep. too yeah. yeah yeah they're the worst yep yeah so for me i'm always asking sales teams like how can we think about delivering value proactively so if we mm -hmm. know that these are all of the issues if we know that okay we have people that come in that aren't aligned on the value we have people come in later stage that are from different teams that maybe they align with the value overall but they have their own challenges their own questions and and also even like, okay, we have people that are canceling meetings and they're not interested in the next steps after this meeting. So it's like, we can either just ignore this or pretend like, oh yeah, they want, they really want information or we can ask ourselves what's causing these things. Hmm. And so for me, a lot of what I do during discovery training and as I help teams um, actually work through their sales process is thinking, okay, first we need to admit that something's wrong about their current process. Right. And I think that's yeah. also very, that's very hard to do because it, it requires a lot of vulnerability. Yeah. But yep. yeah. And, and I think that, um, but just that, that next step is to ask ourselves, like, what about the process isn't working? And there's so many things in today's sales process where it's really not built on value. And of course, for anyone who has sold, for anyone who's joined a company, I know how easy it is to jump in and say, our product is so cool. If only people could hear about it. <laughs> yeah. You know, like we're yeah. giggling because it's, it's, you know, it's funny too, because um, they're doing clubhouse rooms called pitch slap where people pitch and then you get feedback on it. And it's mm -hmm. so easy to hear other, other people's pitches and to think like, okay, one, what does this even mean? Half of this stuff is jargon and I don't understand it. And like, I listened to this for five minutes and I still don't understand what you do. Um, and you also realize like, wow, it's just like so product feature centric. But when it comes to our own pitches, 
we don't have that same level of objectivity. Yeah. Right? Like, yep. do you do you listen to your own pitches and you're like, ooh, that was like not very client centric? Yeah, we're working on a lot of stuff right now where we're trying to talk about the customer and their their world and their problems and, and a solution for them rather than our product does this and this and it's so great and look at this bell and look at this whistle you know trying yeah. to you know talk to it from the customer's point of view is that easy though um well yeah uh it, sometimes yeah <laughs> i guess, I guess you, you, you want to talk yeah. about how great my product is but you've got to hang back and you've got to pull back so um but yeah there's a there's a lot of um uh, I guess work put into just turning it around. So yeah. it's not it's not that easy. <laughs> I'm gonna admit that even as a sales trainer that focuses on these things every single day, it is hard. Mm. And so I yeah. think that there are certain things you're like, oh, you know, sometimes some things are easy. Like I think that one thing's easy is using the words, um, uh, you know, partner and our clients, and you know, just changing the the verbiage. That's one easy way. But it's much harder to think about how can I actually position the value from a place that is more about them? Because there's so much pressure when we get off of a call and we're like, I feel like if I could have just told them these three things like about our product, they would have been interested. Mm. But what I see when people do that is that most of the time, they're just not doing enough research. They're not doing enough um, pre-work, they're spending so much time on the presentation, you know, they're spending hours and hours creating a presentation that's all encompassing. And mm. it's almost, it's a very slight tweak. If they could, if we could actually focus more on sales about less prep in presentation and more prep on how can I actually like deliver value to this customer specifically? Like what is going on in their business? Even five minutes of research is so much more valuable than five minutes of changing icons on your presentation. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it's something that a lot of times we don't do as much on because it's just, there's so much pressure and there's also so much excitement about what we do. Yeah, that's, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Yeah, but I know that it's really challenging, but it's interesting because, um, so I do a ton of discovery training, but you know, one other training I've been doing a lot, especially with COVID is business cases. So I think, I'm curious, like, what do you think when you think business case? Um, so maybe like a, a previous customer or a customer you've got and how you might've um, uh, helped them. Yeah, yeah. So it's really thinking like you're you're justifying the the investment, and you're probably overcoming some of the objections they may have. And of course, you're you're getting them more confident in the value by showing that you've done it before. Sure. But it's really interesting because in terms of a business case, um, I use this term very loosely because for I think for two reasons. One, a lot of the companies I work with, they're like okay, well, if we, if we need to create presentations, then we have to put everything through marketing. And it just becomes like such a huge lift. Have yeah. you ever heard like, okay, well, we don't have those resources today, so we just can't use that strategy. It's like, yeah. or you ask something from marketing and it takes, you know, two years to, to figure <laughs> yeah. so just like forget about it. And you're like, well, I asked for this two years ago. It's not really, you know, present anymore. Yeah, um, yeah. 
but like I think that we can as salespeople really think about the like the, the concept of business cases much more loosely which for me I just think about an executive summary it's like thinking about how how long is your sales process on average oh you mean from oh wow from like it, from it, an actual yeah. like starting the conversation actively like discovery yeah um oh gosh it could the, the initial conversation is not too long, but then getting yeah. connected with someone could, could be an hour or more. Yeah. But like yeah. from even start to finish, like conversation through negotiation is probably like months, right? Oh yeah. 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 Oh, the, oh yeah. The long-term sort of process. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. So like, it's funny too, because a lot of times we just rely on um, our salespeople to summarize those, um, the entire conversations. <laughs> and Yeah. And, and like, you know, it's funny because even for salespeople, it's hard to do that. Think of what it's like for the client who's not even usually a salesperson. And they're mm -hmm. trying to summarize like an eight month conversation to present it to their boss for approval. And we're just like, hey, let us know if you need help with the business case. And they're like, okay, I don't even know what I'm doing, but yeah, yeah I'll try. And then we're surprised when they can't get approval. And so I think that like, this is interesting because it's not only about discovering more value earlier in the process, but it's also about playing back that value in a way that truly enables champions to sell for you versus just, you know, giving them the control and hoping that it goes well. Yeah, uh, I love that. Yeah, I never really thought about it that way that the, the, the client somehow has to, you know, summarize everything that's gone on over the last eight months or more it could be longer 12 months yeah and so it is interesting because um we have just so many different type of, of stakeholders in the process and especially later in the process um i think a lot of salespeople have the the challenge with like people that go dark and they just don't know where the process is or what happens and I think it, it can be very like dehumanizing in terms of like, you don't know, you're just making assumptions. And a lot of times your champions are blowing you off because they're super busy. They have their everyday job. And then a lot of times you just get your biting your nails and, and <laughs> watching the, the computer, refreshing your email every 10 seconds. Yeah. yeah. We've been yeah. there. We've all yeah. been yeah. there. But, yeah, absolutely. But you know, what's interesting is like, even by just being more transparent, and by partnering with your champions saying, hey, my job from here on out is to help you get this approved. And mm -hmm. I think sh making that subtle shift from selling to them to partnering with them is so valuable because when it, then it becomes enabling them to buy from you. And I will tell you, champions love that because think about how hard your sales job is again, mm. with all the training and the experience that you've had over all of the years that you've done sales, most champions, like this could be their, their second time getting approval for something, you know, this, their second time selling something internally. Yeah. Yeah. They need help through the process. Exactly. And so if we mm. can actually partner with them and do a lot of the job for them, I think that's really interesting because I think there's diff the difference between proactive and reactive. Cause if we just ask them, Hey, what do you need help with? What, like normally the answer is, oh, no, no, we're good, right? Is yeah. that what you're right? And you're like, okay, well, I have all these things I could send you, 
But mm. a lot of times if we just ask that, they, they tell us, nope, we're good. And so I think that having some conversations with your champion to actually prepare for meetings and walking them through, like, these are the, these are the three things that I see derailing these conversations. <laughs> even <laughs> when you, even when you want it as badly as I know you do. And actually preparing them for like questions that could come up for objections they may face, or even like those pesky stakeholders that come in late in the process. (laughs) Like what if, what, what, what would happen if we just say, Hey, I know that we're working on pricing right now, but one thing I do see, um, I, I know we're working on a limited time frame right now. So one thing I see stalling the overall launch is security. You know, a lot of times we have security teams that come in and it a lot of times takes much longer than anticipated. I'm curious if we could actually get that process started while we work on the pricing. Mm, Like having conversations like that where we don't treat the sales process as like a linear process, but we actually help our champions project manage. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I like that. I'm curious too, because I know you're, you're in a different market to me, mm. but like, mm. do those things come up in terms of security, late stage challenges? It seems like it comes up a little bit less. Um, there's definitely other stakeholders that you're not aware of. It's usually uh, financial people because um, they're not usually the ones you talk to at the beginning. Um, so yeah, I'm not too sure about security, but there's definitely other stakeholders that jump in later on. You just you didn't even know that they were involved and you never even had a chance to talk to them. Yeah, and yeah. that is absolutely um, prevalent in the US as well because mm. when we first went into quarantine, um, I was on the sales leadership team and we talked to our investors and one of them had sold through the um, you know several big financial crises, unfortunately. But we asked him, like, what are the things that you would do if you were us? How can we prepare our teams to sell within this environment? And I I know I've talked a lot about COVID, but I think it's so interesting because these are the things that if we if they if we do them now and if they work now, imagine what they're going to do in a healthy market. Mm -hmm. Right. We're going to be we're going to be on the leaderboards. We're going to be hitting President's Club. And so what he told us was stop selling to the CMO and start selling to the CFO, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, need, we need to not only focus on, hey, like I know you're gonna be selling this internally to your boss, but even bringing up the conversation of most team members also do have a financial review. Most of the time we do have to sell this to the finance team as well. So I'm curious, like from your perspective, what do you know about their initiatives? I saw from, from the 10K or um, what are, that is it an annual report in your market? Yeah, it's probably more of an annual thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, for, I saw from the annual report that these are the, the bigger objectives across the company. I'm curious, how do, how do what, how does what we've already talked about relate to these things? And I think the more we can have those conversations and that's why I like using an executive summary, because if you're leading into a presentation on pricing, then you want to make sure you're aligned on value. And if you can actually have the conversation proactively, take it out of presentation mode and actually type in some additional questions and, and details, ask them questions to clarify, then 
if anything, because what we also know about people in those roles, they're probably not going to go through like a 35 page presentation deck, right? <laughs> no, no way. Like also it's funny too, because we as salespeople are usually the most impatient people in the world. And then <laughs> we create these decks that are like 40 pages long. And we're like, oh, but we put it in the presentation deck and it's like, ask yourself, would you read this? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Absolutely not, right? Yeah, it's a way so it's too honestly, long. Yeah. yeah, it's like almost like giving, you know, it's funny is like, I feel like we should just use our, our peers and say, hey, would you read this? Or what would you take away from this? Yeah. I think giving ourselves more of those gut checks and it, it's painful to do that because no one wants to feel like the, the four hours that they spent on this deck wasn't valuable. But so many times all our actions are, they're just, you know, fear-based. And so I think if we can create something like a, a quick executive summary that really appeals to that type of person, hey, if anything, if this person literally just opens the first page of this presentation and sees it, making sure that it's high level, that it, it actually um, shows the goals, the pain points, the solution, and gets them to turn to the next page, which is, you know, it could be some, some slides on the, the value props, et cetera, until they get to pricing. That's just like one of the easiest ways we can use to summarize the value. And again, to make sure that when they're looking at the investment, they know what they're paying for and they feel really confident. And they're looking at that and saying, of course, this is why this costs a premium rate because there's a ton of value there. Mm. Yeah, it's like the um, it's like when you pick up a book and you look at the back of the book. It's like the description on the back. It's going to make you open the book, right? Okay. Or mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're like me and you're like the yeah. most impatient person, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I like skim through books, and especially <laughs> with sales books, I'm like, I definitely read the first page and the last page, and I'm like, I feel like I I got the the highlights right. Someone yeah. taught me that and they're like, yeah, the first page and the last page of every chapter are really all you need to read. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's so similar. And now that you know that yeah. trick, like test it because it's so accurate within sales books because usually they summarize it. So. Oh yeah. yeah. I've noticed that. Yeah. First chapter, last chapter, the setup and then the, all of the takeaways. <laughs> okay. I'm going to test that the next time I read one. But yeah, so I think if um, I, I think it's an exciting opportunity because if we as salespeople can learn how to deliver more value during COVID because we've been forced to, yeah, we're really breeding best in class salespeople who, in a post COVID environment, are going to go to President's Club, be at the top of leaderboards. They're going to be able to do a lot more with less effort. And it's a it's a very exciting climate to be in. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm excited to see where everybody's going to be at after this COVID thing goes away. So yeah, this is yeah, very good stuff. How to get more value out of every opportunity. I really I really like that topic. Yeah, and it's interesting as well because most salespeople, if you ask them, would you like to? spend less time selling, but make more money? I mean, it's such an obvious question, right? But a lot of times sales managers, like the easy response when we're not selling enough is just add more opportunities, do more activities. 
it's that hustle culture, right? It's doing more and more and more and more and more. And what is really interesting about that is most people don't have the territories (laughs) to where they can just have endless opportunities to have conversations. Because I know you're in a market where there's, there's not as many businesses. And even in the U.S., most of the teams that I work with are global teams where the U.S. is the most robust in terms of you know, how the territories are broken out, which also means that for every single salesperson on the team, there's fewer companies on their list. So they have to make sure that they're not um, simply churning and burning through the conversations they have. They have to make the most out of every conversation because if they, if they have an opportunity and it doesn't go well, it's not like they could just pick it back up tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I mean, (laughs) it would be a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a long list. It's just not endless, though. So yeah, you got to make the most out of it. Yeah, exactly. And I also find that most salespeople, um, what they don't like about sales is the repetition of it. It is that grind. It is the mm-hmm. fact that <laughs> you have a really good quarter and then you start over the next day as you yeah. know, like it sucks. And so even just treating it like something more strategic where, you know, what, what can you do to increase your close rates, to get more, to sell larger and larger and larger deals? Um, These things are really exciting. And Mm -hmm. it means that you can actually have more time back. It means that you'll probably find the role fulfilling because every day you're learning something new. And I think that's one thing that has been really nice about COVID is I see people consuming content like podcasts and Mm. even just the personal branding um, on LinkedIn has blown up and it's been so cool to see. So Mm. I think more people are looking for content like this and ideas like this because they're sick of just being complacent and they're sick of just doing more. So I'm excited to see what it means for for selling in in 2025. Yeah, I'm excited for that too. Yeah, also, for for it to be over, right? Yeah, for <laughs> it to be over. Yeah, hopefully it's well and gone. Let's then. fast forward for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I've, I've really enjoyed this uh, conversation. Actually, this is gonna this is a lot of this stuff's very topical for what I'm doing right now, and I, I hope it is for my listeners as well. Yeah, it's been a fun one, and I hope that we uh, we can fast forward a bit, and the next time we chat, it's going to be in a post-COVID environment, and we'll have easier things to talk about. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> cool. Yeah, thanks so much. No worries. Thanks for joining me today.